be a superman of God, to consistently, daily be God's man of steel, you must not only hear what God is saying, but also seek to understand how it applies to you. Then, as the Holy Spirit guides you, make the necessary adjustments to your daily behavior so you can consistently live out God's truth and principles. Now, when you do this, God says you are a wise builder. This is when your godly life will be established on a solid foundation. In other words, this is what makes a superman of God. Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, certified professional mentor, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry, and this is episode 138. In this week's episode, we continue our journey through my book entitled, Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. This week's episode, Practice Makes What? During his elementary years, our second-born child decided he wanted to learn to play the violin. Well, as many parents do, I mean, we jumped on board with the idea. We were excited about it. We bought him a violin. We paid for some private lessons. I can remember taking him to his lessons, dropping him off for an hour or so, and then picking him up when the lesson was over. And then we'd bring him home, and he'd stand in our living room and practice his music. It's it's amazing to me how great your child's playing can sound when filtered through very strategically placed cotton balls. <laughs> well, one time, I remember deciding to sit in on his lesson. I just wanted to see how things were going. His teacher was a very patient, very understanding woman, much more than, than his mother or I were ever. But I could see at this particular lesson that she was a bit frustrated with him. And, and I learned that day that the proper way to stroke the bow across the strings is primarily with your shoulder firmly fixed in place and using your elbow as the pivotal point. My boy was doing just the opposite. He was keeping his elbow firmly fixed, and he'd rock the bow with his shoulder. (laughs) I remember watching uh, his his instructor, this dear sweet woman who I think should have been nominated for sainthood. She stood behind him, patiently squeezing his shoulder with her between her hands, forcing him to use his elbow. And it, it wasn't working. And, and I, I remember almost as, vivid, as vividly as it were yesterday that, that she stopped my son in mid-stroke, stepped around in front of him, made him look at her, and she asked him this. She said, practice makes what? <laughs> I remember seeing him smile from face to face with with uh, the the thought that he was gonna he was gonna answer correctly and and the answer he gave he gave with confidence practice makes perfect he exclaimed no, no she retorted practice does not make perfect practice makes permanent so you must practice right well I'm not sure my son learned that valuable lesson at least as it relates to playing the violin but man let me tell you it had a profound impact upon me practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So you must practice right. To be a wise man, to be a superman of God, you must not only hear what God is saying, but you must seek to understand how it applies to you and put it into practice and practice right. As the Holy Spirit guides you, you make the necessary adjustments to your daily behavior. That way you can consistently live out God's truth and principles day by day, moment by moment. And when you do this, watch this now, God says you're a wise builder. This is when your godly life will be established upon a solid, firm 
foundation. Remember, practice makes permanent. So practice right. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, that those who hear the word of God and keep it, or in other words, and practice it, and practice it rightly, they're the ones that are blessed, Luke eleven twenty-eight. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said very clearly that if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. And then in verse 23, he reiterates the point by saying, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. In other words, he'll put it into practice, and he'll practice it right. And then a, kind of like a punctuation point, John, 2 John, 2 John verse 6 proclaims that this is love, that we walk according to God's commandments, that we put it into practice, and we practice right. All right, now, for those of you who may be just joining this podcast, this is the first episode you've listened to, or for those of you who have been listening, but maybe you need a refresher. We're currently going through a study in my book on how to be a superman of God, God's man of steel. Much of what we've been covering in this series is taken directly from the pages of my book that has the same title, Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. It's available on Amazon.com. Now, I'll tell you how to get the book at the end of this episode. But in last week's episode, we took a look at Matthew chapter 27. We discovered the story of Wally the Wise and Martin the Moron. Now, if you've missed that episode, please let me encourage you, pause this one and go back to episode 137 and listen to it first. It'll help you understand better what we're going to be talking about in this episode. We discovered last week that what made Wally wise was he chose to hear God's word, but then he also chose to put it into practice immediately. And he practiced it correctly. You see, Wally didn't wait to obey until he felt like it. He, he, he didn't hold off until it fit into his schedule or fit into his perfect plan. He, he didn't pick and choose which passages of Scripture he liked and then focus on them and do them while leaving the rest to the irrelevancy of, of Old Testament Scriptures. He acted upon what God said to him at that very moment, every moment of his life. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that Wally didn't simply set his house upon the rock. If you've grown up in the Christian circles, and you may remember a children's song that goes, The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built... All right, there's enough of my singing. But uh, when I remember growing up, just picturing a house sitting on top of a rock. Well, that's not very secure. It's not very firm. Luke's gospel tells the same story. And Luke tells us that this man, this Wally the wise man, dug deep into the rock. He dug deep into it. You see, obedience demands action. It requires effort. It calls for discipline. And sometimes, let's face it, sometimes obeying God's word includes spiritual sweat. Wally the Wise, now now think about this, he couldn't rent a 385 cat excavator to dig into the rock. He, He certainly didn't have access to a pneumatic jackhammer with alloy steel forgings and a four bolt backhead design. In fact, he didn't even have a simple stick of dynamite. All he had was a chisel, a hammer, sheer brute force, and a determination. It takes work to build into the rock, right? It requires time. It requires energy, and it involves cost. Now, let's face it. 
It's easier to take shortcuts when in, in a building project. Let's just be honest. It's easier. Than, I'm not saying it's right, but it's easier to take a shortcut. You save money when you use inferior materials. And for a while, nobody's going to notice the shoddy work. But somewhere along the line, there will be a price to be paid. Well, let's face it. It also takes less time and a whole lot less energy to maintain a superficial faith. To be honest, who's going to be able to tell the difference? I mean, you go to church on Sunday, you open your Bible when the preacher's preaching, you sing at the top of your lungs, and you smile as you shake hands and walk out the door. It's definitely easier to show up for church for for an hour a week and let the worship leader or the, the pastor fill you with the warm fuzzies and, and go your merry did-my-spiritual-duty-for-the-week way as you walk out the door. It's less demanding on your day to just open the daily devotional booklet, read the couple of verses that are printed there, read the two paragraphs of the writer's comments, the, the poem at the end, close it up and go on your day feeling, I did my God time today. But I have a question for you. Okay, you're reading the Word of God, but are you doing the Word? Are you moment by moment, day by day, choosing to do what God says? If you construct your life according to Christ's building codes, if you dig deep into the solid rock of Christ and the scriptures, you will not be disappointed. Let me take a moment. Let me give you a couple of things that are found in my book. Just just a couple of questions to chew on and think about. The first question is this. What's the difference between spending and investing? Now think about that. What is the difference between spending and investing. And as you think about that, here's here's why I'm asking that. Do you tend to spend time or invest time in God's Word? What ways can you invest time in God's Word that will make a real difference in your life? The second set of questions I have for you is in James chapter 1, verse 22, which says, Be doers of the Word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Here's my question. What are you doing today to build a godly life? What are you doing today to build a godly life? Now, if your answer is, well, not a whole lot, what specific steps are you going to take from this point forward so that you are Wally the Wise instead of being Martin the Moron? All right, let's, let, let's make a shift in our thinking away from Matthew 27 for a moment. Let's talk about what I'm going to call Let's call it a breakfast for champions. Let me explain what I mean. I'm going to read to you a short paragraph from my book, Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. Here it is, and I quote, To live daily as a superman of God, it is critical that you always follow a specific spiritual diet. It's vital that you are daily feeding upon God's word. I'm not talking about spiritual Melba toast in a bowl of holy cornflakes doused with a quarter cup of milk of the word here. I'm not referring to that short little thing that many of us do in the morning that we tend to call devotions. I'm talking about a thick, juicy, godly T-bone, medium well, seasoned just right with a side of piping hot steak fries and a pile of scrambled eggs. I'm talking about a sit-down-with-your-Bible, notepad next to you, pen in hand, with a sheer determination not to get up until you've discovered buried treasure kind of meal. A man's meal. A super man's meal. 
How often do you eat like that? How often do you genuinely feed upon God's word? End of quote. What we see in the Old Testament that the prophet Jeremiah couldn't get enough of his Bible. In fact, he likened reading God's word to eating a full course meal, drawing all the nourishment and the strength that he needed to live a godly life directly from the pages of Scripture. In the New Testament, Peter instructed us to deeply desire the Word of God because it's Scripture, it's God's Word, it's your Bible that helps us grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. To be a superman of God, watch this now, you got to eat right, eat often, and eat well. Well, here's another direct quote from my book, Are You a Superman of God? Becoming God's Man of Steel. Listen closely, and I quote, Have you ever noticed that you rarely see Superman eat? Do you ever wonder why that is? Since eating is all about providing energy to the body, and since Superman's physiology draws all of his energy from the sun, he really has no reason or need to eat. But I'm willing to bet that he dines on occasion just so that he can enjoy the company of a certain female reporter for the Daily Planet named Lois Lane. Well, how about you? No, no, no. I'm not asking if you want to go out on a date with Lois Lane. (laughs) Nor am I talking about your appetite for spaghetti and meatballs. Actually, I'm more interested in this. As a superman of God, do you eat? What do you eat? What kind of spiritual food are you feeding upon? How often do you eat? Do you even need to eat? End of quote. Here's my point. Don't just sit there. Eat, eat, eat already. I, I say that simply because I know of some people, when sitting at a table in a restaurant, they study the menu from cover to cover. Have you ever met someone like that? You sit down. You glance at the menu, and I'm talking you right now. You sit down. You glance at the menu. You you find what you want, close up the menu, you're ready to order. But then there are those in your company who read through every item twice. They examine it. They evaluate it. They even discuss it with everyone else at the table. What do you think about this? Does this sound good? Do you think I might enjoy this? Have you ever had this before? But when the wait staff comes to take the orders, they ask for a few more minutes. I can't speak for you, but man, that frustrates the daylights out of me. But I submit that all too often as Christian men, that's how we treat the Word of God. We see it as a menu to be examined and evaluated and discussed rather than a full course meal that is intended to be consumed and enjoyed. And as a result, many men are suffering from a a sort of spiritual anorexia. Instead of feeding upon the banquet of blessing that God has prepared in his word, they're starving themselves. I'm sure that you would agree that feeding your physical body is a good thing. Sometimes it can be very good. I mean, hey, me, myself, I'm a huge fan of liver and onions. Now, now there is a dish fit for a king. And I'm not joking. That's one of my most favorite dinners is liver and onions. But but I, I digress. Let me go on. Jesus said in Matthew 4, verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. As a superman of God, I must draw my strength. I, I, must, I must find my sustenance from God's word. Without it, the fact is I will become weak and vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. In a previous episode, 
I asked you to answer this question. How do you feel about your Bible? How do you feel about God's Word? Did you realize that you answer that question every day of your life? How, you ask? By your actions. The things you say, the choices you make, the actions you take, they all reflect on your view of God's Word. How do you feel about God's Word? What are your choices and your actions and your words revealing about how you feel about God's Word? I want you to listen closely as I read to you Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Here's what it says. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree, firmly planted by the streams of water which yield its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Now, I want you to note the fact that God does not say that the man who appreciates God's word, or the man who respects God's word, or the man who opens his Bible at church on Sundays is the one who's like a tree yielding fruit and prospering. He doesn't say that the man who brings his Bible to church does his daily devotions is the one who's going to be blessed. Listen, watch this now. It's the guy who delights in God's Word. It's the guy who meditates on God's Word throughout the day. That is the one that God wants to bless. Are you that guy? Do you want to be? Are you a super man of God? Okay. Let's hit the pause button until next week's episode, and we'll continue our journey through my book, Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. Now, if you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about the Pure Man Ministry and how we reach literally across the globe to help men and women who are struggling with sexual addiction, then be sure to visit our website. There is a plethora, there is a multitude of resources that we've made available to you, and those resources continue to grow. You can find our website at The Purity Coach. It's all one word, The Purity, P-U-R-I-T-Y, coach.com. So let me take a moment and explain to you this book that I've written, which we're taking this deep dive into. It's entitled, Are You a Superman? Becoming Man's Becoming God's Man of Steel. It's available on Amazon.com. This is a 12-week men's Bible study that is intended to be a, a fun kind of a tongue-in-cheek look at what it means to be God's man of steel in a world that's anti-God, anti-Christ, and anti-Bible. So we compare that with the storyline of the fictional character, Superman. There's a number of things that we as Christian men share in common with the character Superman. And the book walks us through that. So in this 12-week men's Bible study, you learn how to identify your kryptonite, if you will, the thing that, that holds you back spiritually. You learn how to steer clear of it. You learn how to, how to find your super spiritual strength as you daily draw nearer and nearer and nearer to the Son, S-O-N, the, the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself, and become the man of steel that God has called and that God has already equipped you to be. So please, if this intrigues you, Go to Amazon.com today. Purchase your copy of Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. And let me quickly add, if you're looking for something to, uh, to, be, uh, uh, to use as a small men's Bible study, 
for a 12-week Bible study. This is a great conversation starter. This is a great study. It takes you deep into the Word of God. If you've not yet subscribed to this Point of Purity podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and certified professional mentor, Purity Coach Steve Etner, reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Thinking.